and deeper into my soul, into who I was, to the point where I could really understand who I am as a person. Thank you, Pam, so much. I just uh, am changing as we speak. Condense it into actionable pieces that I could fit the whole thing in my head. Um, this workshop was really helpful. I'm really grateful to Pan for his skill set, his empathy, his experience, and his ability to help us all on our spiritual path. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest today, Christine Clifton, is calling in from Saxapod, North Carolina. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's a delight to have you here. Nicole is going to read a short bio about who you are so the audience has a little taste of you, and then we'll get into the conversation. So, Nicole, take it away. Christine Clifton is an international speaker and the author of Get Ready, Get Set, Flow, Work-Life Integration for Soul-Powered People. She teaches those dedicated to a life of service how to keep their inner fire burning so they don't burn out. With a unique blend of 20 years of corporate management and 15 years of entrepreneurial experience. Christine is no stranger to seeing the financial and emotional impact of burnout on people and companies. She believes you can be who you're meant to be. Say what you need to say, get where you want to go, and earn what you're worth by reclaiming the parts of you that you've put aside. You can get her free training, ignite your inner leader, and learn more about her work. And we'll give you all the links below. Welcome, Christine Clifton. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Ooh, this is going to be a fun interview today. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. We could talk for days on all those things you just said. I know. Said. <laughs> <laughs> well, share a little bit with the audience, you know, how, how that works. You know, in today's world, those little steps that Nicole just mentioned, you know, how, how does that work in, when you're with a client? Can you share that with us today? Absolutely. Uh, I, I tend to just resonate with working with people who are called to service. And whether that's a corporate professional or an entrepreneur, there's a special personality that answers that call. And I call it their soul's calling. Some people call it purpose or why. I call it soul's calling. And I can elaborate on that a little bit later. The, when they come to me, they're, they're uninspired. They're exhausted. They don't know why what worked before isn't working now. And they don't know what's wrong or what's going on. And so what we do well, that's the problem, quote unquote, is they jump into more doing because they think they'll find what's missing in more doing. And instead of jumping into the doing, I invite them first into the being. And that's counterintuitive because they want to get out of that discomfort. They want to get out of that pain like quickly. And it's not always a quick process uh, to start with the being versus the doing. And to bring them back to their selves and to really look at who they are today, what they like today, how they want their life to look today. And what I found in my life, I, I woke up one day after a divorce, 
buying my first townhome, kind of blinking and looking around and going, is this my life? Like, how did I let this happen? And I hadn't done a regular check-in with myself to say, you know, over time, well, what do I like this year? What do I like, you know, in the following years? And so that's what I encourage the clients, my clients to look at is that if we're organic and evolving beings, which we are, it is only natural that our interests and tastes are going to change over time as well. Every experience we make, um, good, bad, ugly, and great, <laughs> form us. And if we don't honor that acquisition of experience, then we're kind of forging down a path that isn't aligned with who we are anymore. So the culture norm, I think, as we all know, is quite different. You know, this month, everyone's leaping into goals and resolutions and things like that. And that doesn't always resonate with everybody, but they'll do it because everyone else is doing it. Like they think something's wrong with them that they don't feel inspired or motivated. So this inner first look to kind of say, okay, let me reset the needle. I call it the divining rod, right? And for me, it's, it's three major things. It's your, your ideal life design. How do you want your lifestyle and life to look? Uh, in which is your work? Uh, what is your soul's calling? And what are your core values? Because our values can change over time as well. And so to me, those are kind of little knobs that we get to dial, you know, more into the right frequency of where someone is today, because that then opens up the connection to your intuition, which is the connection to the source of your understanding, whatever you call it, um, you know, God, tree, Bob, you know, whatever it is for you. Um, that to me is if I can open up that line of communication, then my next step is going to be so much clearer. And so that's always where we start. And then as we know, if we believe in like attracts like, then things are going to kind of change around us because we've attuned to that new place that we've arrived at. And then I also believe that source directs energy. So, so when we're clear on that soul's calling and we're communicating with a source of our understanding, then those elements of opportunity and experience come in as well. We remember who we are, which is what I call a particle of the divine walking the planet. <laughs> and if we can remember that we're already whole, then that feeds our value, self-value, how we relay our value to others. And again, in, in a corporate professional or an entrepreneur, that comes down to, you know, what your beliefs are about money. Where does money come from? What are your you know, what does that really mean when you really embrace your full value and how that can relate to what's going on around you? Um, and to be able to claim that value and understand that when you contribute to the world, that you're going to be compensated. It's just not always reciprocal. So people of service tend to overextend, overextend, overextend in the, you know, name of service. And the burnout isn't all just from the overextension. It's because they're getting out of alignment with who they are today. Oh, I can so relate to that. I, I spent 18 years in the automotive industry in a business, right? And it, it was that. And I, I reached a burnout. I mean, literally, it's like, 
I've got to, I've got to take a breather here. I've got to just move out of this. And I was doing some transitioning things into the metaphysical world as well, you know, on a side. And that's more where my heart was and my passion and everything, right? And it's like, I just, I, I just needed something different to happen. And, and the partner I was with couldn't understand that. And it, it, it didn't end, you know, very pretty, but we, we ended up as being friends, you know, but the thing was, is I, I had to just, I had to walk away from it. I mean, literally walk out of it and said, I'm done, <laughs> done. Right. Yeah. Either you, you know, you, you buy, you know, the, the, my part out or I, I just sell the whole thing because <laughs> I, I was done, you know, and I moved into that metaphysical and just that made such a true to life. I felt like I was living because I was on in alignment, you know, and on purpose. But, you know, after after 20 some years of that, it was like there, there was another point of burnout right around that um, 2008, 9, 10 arena of, you know, the, the upside down mess that was going on, but it, and, and I, I just walked out of it, you know, and, and I was gone for a couple of years. Well, when I came back into the scene, it was not the same scene I left. And it's like, so when, when you're working with someone that has reached that burnout and has taken that, that moment, that time, whatever the extension is, and they're coming back, but they're coming back into something that is like, oh my goodness, you know, because everything went online at that point. And it's like, uh, uh, what do you do? What's that survival? So when you're working with someone coming back into the alignment of who they are in a world that's totally Greek now, how, how does that look? <laughs> it's such a good question. I'm so glad you shared your experience because it's a, it's a great case study for what I'm talking about. And the, the first piece is I help them understand that the life they're choosing isn't a cultured norm and that there is a smaller population of people out there who believe what they believe. And sometimes that path becomes a little more solitary than it has in the past. And when I talk about my, my vibe, voice, value component of the work that I do, the voice piece in the middle is key. And that's what you did with your business partner. Somehow you found your voice to be able to articulate to that partner that there was a misalignment. And the glory of voice, I'm getting chills talking right now. This is how I know spirit is running through me when I say something, is that you're literally amplifying, right, what your alignment is. You are helping the other person understand what the boundary is. And you're also declaring to the universe, the source, where your path is going. So I call that the win-win-win, when you can find your voice in the moment. And the, the, the opportunity that I see in 100% of my clients as people dedicated to service is, they're concerned about someone being mad at them. They're concerned about what people think about them. And so they don't want to upset the apple cart or say something that's going to upset the other person. So the alignment that they come into then gives them that place of power to speak from because it isn't about 
calling out anything they see around them. It's about stating the place that they be in that moment. So when they step into an arena that looks so different than what they left, that inner work has created what I call the agility. <laughs> I used to be a dance teacher. Um, but the, so the agility skills are what matters more as you move into this next phase of your personal and spiritual growth. Um, of course, professional growth is a part of that. So if we can be as agile as possible, then we can move in the moment when something happens. You know, one of the things I say is that when the carpet gets pulled out from under you, make it a magic carpet ride. So, you know, even though it might feel like the world is tumbling down, when we understand the principles within which we're operating, we know that the power is ours to decide how we're going to respond or react, you know, to, to, to the experiences. And so when you're agile, it, there's a saying that the bird, you know, if the branch, you know, breaks underneath the bird, he's not afraid about that because he knows how to fly, right? He has the skills to fly. So when you have the agility skills, when you step into something that doesn't look familiar, it isn't as scary. It isn't as um, surprising. And it allows you to be in that moment and take those steps to reconnect in the way that you want with your work or your life, whatever that change is that you've made. And another piece that I work on a lot, like I just said with my clients is, how do you say things to people in a way that's respectful, succinct, clear, and engages, right? While standing in your power. Uh, people of service tend to ramble and they want to give it, you know, reasons and explanations. And then people get lost in their words and they don't quite know what they're saying. Uh, so there's a pragmatic element to my work as well. I have an ASQ conversation model that I teach people. I teach them how to understand different styles of people so they can communicate a little differently. And so when they are empowered with that knowledge, then they can step in and begin to voice, you know, what they need. In, in the way that they need to get what it is that they really want. And the, the clarity of that ideal life design, what that gives them is, you know, some people think of boundaries, healthy boundaries is like energy, like holding energy away, you know, push energy out, like I'm not going to let anybody cross my boundary. But to me, that, that's resistance, right? So resistance causes suffering. We've heard that, that phrase. So instead, I like to look at it as an embrace energy. What you're doing is embracing the life that you're choosing. And so when you can nurture yourself in that vision of how you're choosing to live your life, then the boundaries are also as clear. And you can articulate when somebody is drawing you out of those boundaries or you have a client that you agree to do work that isn't in your, you know, genius. And now you've got to step back. You've decided to step back out from that. So you can find the words to say that, to hold that boundary. So those are the skills that are needed to kind of re-enter, you know, for re-entry is agility skills. And, and that means knowledge, you know, knowledge is power, but it is also the voice. It is that amplification in those ways that I mentioned before so that you can begin to create that which is aligned with you. 
Yeah. Wow. That is so true. I, I love how you express all of that, you know, and I, I'm listening to it and it's like, yeah, that's, that's right. You know, and, you know, so when you make those life changing shifts, you know, like leaving, you know, I mean, I left a six figure business that's booming like crazy. I loved it. And, and I still use a lot of the skills that I developed, you know, during, during the, those years, but, uh, you know, leaving that behind and moving into the whole metaphysical, you know, which really is my passion. And that's my identity and purpose for being here, you know, but, you, you know, you take all these other little, you know, avenues to get to that point, you know, walking out of a, an 18 year uh, relationship, you know, thank goodness we left as friends, understanding that, you know, we were holding back each other's fulfillment right I, that's so, a, such an important point yes go ahead yeah yeah and it's so so being being able to still unite in that love and caring and and remaining friends through the whole thing and supporting each other was was really dear to my heart you know and you know i i bought an rv i jumped in it and i took off I, and, you know and i and it was just like oh what you know spirit will lead me where i'm supposed to go and and that journey has put me on the road you know and still today you know just in different formats of it and it, it's rewarding and fulfilling but again, you do reach those other burnouts on those different levels. And well, I tell you when the internet took over and then you had online courses instead of butts in the seats. Yes. That, <laughs> that turned my world <laughs> upside down, inside out and everything else, you know, crazy. You know, and there's still pieces of it that I'm, you know, picking up, which is interesting. But, you know, working with the podcasting, meeting people like yourself, you know, and, and being in a a joint venture, you know, with the coal, you know, and, and putting our, our heads together and our businesses together and coming out this end in that team effort and working in a unity. That's where it's all about. And I think we're moving into that awakening of unifying and, and being the oneness. Can you share just a little bit on on the work that you do and how that incorporates that oneness, sure. you know, with what you're doing. Absolutely. And I wanted to speak briefly to what you said before about being able to honor that when you hold that healthy boundary, that you're freeing the other person up as well to find something more aligned with them. Um, so that, you know, I just needed to speak to that because that was a very sage uh, thing that, that you said and did. So when I think about the oneness that we are, I, in my book, Get Ready, Get Set Slow, uh, I, I always say I'm a both and kind of gal. I'm, I'm like the doubting Thomas of spirituality. So if I hear some kind of spiritual, you know, cliche or concept, like I'm like, seriously, I'm going to go figure this out, you know, and kind of go into research and see what I can find. So I say that to say in my book, I talk about the four realms um, of being, and there's a metaphysical and a spiritual realm, as well as physical and emotional. And again, there's collective consciousness, so none of that is like earth shattering, probably for any of your listeners. The all is one concept bridges to me, both the spiritual and the metaphysical. When people, I think this is a little bit 
different about what I teach about spiritual metaphysical is that there's definitely crossover, one of which the big component is that we are, are all one component, but there's also some differences. So when we talk, when we hear, you know, let's say a Bible verse that says what we do to our brother, we do to ourselves. That's a concept of we're all one. And, and so the, the oneness is, um, there's another quote in my book that I, that I use uh, that says, if, if you're among us in, inauthentically, then you're causing great damage, right? So the unity is that if we can each regulate ourselves back into that alignment of our, you know, where we are today, that, that, that um, true calling in this moment, that's the unifier. That's what the connection is. And some people have called me the connectrix because I tend to really talk about connection to source self and then service. So the connection of the we're all one comes into play with, you know, let peace begin with me. We have to start with ourselves in order to authentically have a relationship with anyone else or be able to connect with anyone else. And so that's, you know, that's one piece of it. In the like attracts like or the metaphysical piece of that you know, realm, what's a little bit different, at least in my belief system, is that the universe is a call and response system, right? It's an energetic that moves and morphs. So when we make a contribution, we receive a compensation. And whether that's money or resources or you know, an opportunity or whatever, and so that's also another concept of the, you know, it, we're all part of the same thing. You know, the energy doesn't, uh, universe doesn't operate in a black hole. So when something moves out, something needs to move in its place. And so that's another place that I talk about. Really, you know, people will say, well, I have to just trust the universe or I have to. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's, there's no free will in the universe. Source directs energy. But the universe is just responding to that frequency and vibration. I say just, you know, not to diminish it as a huge thing, but to really understand that if I'm working my law of attraction principles really, really hard and doing all the right things, I'm using lots of bunny air quotes right now, and it's not working for me, the chances are that in that spiritual realm, which is that connection to your soul's calling and your intuition, that that desire in that realm of law of attraction, either isn't aligned with your soul's calling or it isn't supposed to happen right now. <laughs> and I used to always say that divine timing is never my own. <laughs> and that can be hard for us as humans as well. So that's how I kind of relay the we're all one piece is that from that spirituality piece, and everyone has different belief systems there. And, and, and I love hearing what different people believe. Some of us believe that you know, we had sacred contracts and we decided what family we were going to join when we entered, you know, this, this experience on this planet. And other people don't believe that. And that's okay as well. The oneness, I think, is the place where we can all unite is to say, yes, we do understand and believe that we're all one. And so if I can move forward authentically in the world, then I'm going to contribute to somebody else moving through the world authentically, which is going to increase that connection I call it the tapestry of the divine because we're all different threads and they're all different colors. And if a thread gets pulled out, you know, it makes it weaker. And if you press on this corner of the tapestry, you know, this end moves. 
So that's the visual that I like to use for that. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I love your analogy between spirituality and metaphysics. And, and it is, it's not just like, you know, like what you said, free will, you know, that was given to us, you know, for this experience in this human vessel that we walk around in, you know, and so again, you go back into the biblical things, you know, ask and you shall receive, right? <clears throat> Seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. If you don't follow this, nothing happens. It doesn't just happen. You have to want to make it happen and create it and believe it. Wow, this has been so much fun. I mean, we could just keep on going here for I hours. Know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Nicole's got some questions for you. Deeper and deeper into my soul, into who I was, to the point where I could really understand who I am. I'm really grateful to Pan for his skill set, his empathy, his experience. Condense it into actionable pieces that I could fit the whole thing in my head. Um, this workshop was really helpful. Welcome back to 360 Wisdom Speaks. Christine Clinton calling in from North Carolina. She has been sharing some unbelievable morsels of wisdom. Oh my gosh. And now Nicole has some other questions for her where she can share how she actually got to where she is today. So Nicole, Christine is all yours. Oh, hey, thanks, Beverly. You know, Christine, just, just listening to all of this you know you you talk about flow you talk about energy you talk about movement and that's action right and that's flowing and action and not being stuck how did you get to a point where you were no longer stuck and wanted to move forward or felt that need to move forward was it kind of like a dark night of the soul movement or was it just like aha uh -huh, I got this. This is the time I'm going to move forward. You know, what were those fragments within you that you finally put together into the piece and kind of just filed those files away and knew that they were there and wrote on those experiences? Yeah, well, gosh, I tell you that the time that I left corporate was when I fully stepped into my what I'll call my spiritual awakening. And I, I was dancing on the edges of it a little bit in my free time at that time. But the company I was with, one was uh, my position was temporary at the time. I'd taken a temporary assignment in the company I'd been with for eight years. And they decided to eliminate the position, which I knew. And they were kind of trying to force me into this position that I didn't want. And I, I used to be in HR, so I knew all the rules, right? And I just knew in my, my whole physical body was saying no, like there was this thickness and this resistance to taking what most people would say is the natural next step. Let me take this assignment that the company is giving me. And so that awareness of the kinesthetics, the feeling of that resistance to flow, even though I didn't know consciously that's what was happening at that time, it is what then made me decide, I was like, this is an alignment. I'm stepping out of corporate. I'm going to start my own coaching practice. And so over the years, that was in 2008, when I left corporate, I'd started coaching. 
uh, teaching dance, teaching Nia, which is a mind-body fitness dance um, the year prior. So it kind of laid a little landscape for that. But the, I think the life lesson that I've had at least up until this moment, I'm sure it will continue, is that of money. And so when you talk about the dark night of the soul, <laughs> I distinctly remember at some point in my entrepreneurial journey, um, you know, I ended up almost going to foreclosure in my townhome because I had pulled all this money out of my 401k to try to get my business going. It wasn't working. And I landed in this tiny little one bedroom apartment because that's all I could afford. And I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent the very next month. And I, I mean, I was literally like on the floor sobbing that I did not have I didn't feel like I had an option. And I, and I haven't been a religious person in my life up until that point. I was a bit woo at that time, you know, law of attraction stuff. And I remember asking, you know, what should I do? Even if it was just in my head, I don't know that I said it out loud. And the first thing that came to mind was call your mother. Now, at that point, my mom and I were like, there was a, wasn't the smoothest, you know, of relationships. And um, I called my mom. She transferred money into my bank account. And I was able to breathe, you know, for that, for that next month. And, and so along the way, I'm a bit of a, you know, instead of Sherlock Holmes, I'll call myself Shirley Holmes. I'm an investigator. <laughs> so I pick up clues along the way. Uh, you know, not only for my clients, but obviously also for me, I've got to walk my talk. And each, you know, at each step, there's another clue to me of not only how this thing called, you know, this physical plane works, but also my own unique way of working within it. Beverly mentioned earlier about, you know, unifying with you on this podcast as one example, and not everyone is wired for partnership. And, and y'all are, and that's awesome, but everyone needs to find their own unique way. So that was a big turning point for me, was, uh, was that kind of dark night of the soul and not knowing what I was doing wrong, you know, and, and again, my belief system has changed since then, so I know I wasn't doing anything wrong. The universe was showing me, source was showing me how money works in this new belief system, because after that, it was like every time I earned some money, it went right out the window. And then I would get so mad that I just made some money, but it just like evaporated. But I was later able to see that I was being taught about this contribution compensation concept, you know. So that was another piece of another clue that I kind of put into my, my toolbox. And so as I moved through my coaching practice, I went from a pragmatic life coaching practice because I went to coach you and evolved into um, coaching marketing for small business owners. And then I got, I realized I couldn't sell themselves out of a paper bag. And I was a sales coach in that two-year assignment, that last two-year assignment in corporate. So I started teaching entrepreneurs how to sell. And then I realized that their belief systems, what I now call their BS, <laughs> was really holding them back, you know, from that perspective. And so that whole path, I was able to see all of those dark nights of the souls, those clues that I had picked up along the way were being put into play. And so I realized that both resistance and attachment 
are interruptions to flow. And if I could get to this place that I was really honoring how the, the mechanisms of, you know, spirit, you know, spiritual metaphysical work, and also my unique place in it, the more that I got aligned with me and doing what I wanted to do, the more money I started to make in my business. And, and so again, I didn't know this ahead of time. It just started happening as I was asking myself, you know, what do I want to do less of? What do I want to do more of? And so flow, the, the stuckness comes, I think, from either resistance or attachment, but there's also some different feelings of stuckness. Sometimes people feel like, um, you know, quicksand stuck. Some people feel like someone's holding on to their ankle stuck. And so when I work with clients, I really want to get to the bottom of that kinesthetic feeling of stuck, because that also tells me a little something about the energetics that are at play, you know, for them and to, to help them and, you know, ease them back into flow as well. And what Beverly mentioned too earlier about jumping into the RV, that is, that is the freedom. You know, a lot of us enter entrepreneurship because we want, you know, we want to get out from under the, you know, the man or the corporate, and we're looking for that freedom to do what it is we want. And that's another evidence of flow. You know, spirit doesn't work in heaviness, only lightness and levity. And we're taught something very different that, you know, things have to be sludgy and, and hard. And I was raised in a military family, Catholic family. So I was full of duty, obligation and responsibility. And that was my belief system, that it had to be hard and I had to do this path. And so as I began to unravel that BS, I was able to better embrace what the true belief system was that I wanted to live from. And that's part of what has opened up flow for me. That, you know, it, it's opening that flow and not resisting that pattern. You know, when we resist spirit, because spirit's like knocking on the door. Hello, you got to open it up and be like, uh, okay, right? If you just let spirit keep banging on the door, somebody's going to call the cops and realize that that person was there maybe to give you flowers or maybe give you a gift and that neighbor's going to take that gift because they're like, hey, I opened the door. It's mine, right? Somebody else will take it. We had, uh, uh, we're having so many people talk about this financial cure type of, of, of coaching uh, to really realize that you don't have to have anorexic income, right? So if you have anorexic income and you're depleted of that income, then you're not taking the nutrients in if you're anorexic, right? And so spiritually, you're not able to take those nutrients in. You don't want to feed your body. Um, you get kind of frigid, right? And so opening up to the income doesn't mean that you have to be obese either with it where you're over shopping or you're over buying or over purchasing. Or as you mentioned, you get money in, money goes right out, right? You're just letting it go, go in, go out. But is it flowing, right? You almost want to have a colonic on your bank account and be like, let's open it up to the flow. Let's, let's let it in and, and not have that spending addiction to say, yes, there is a strategy to it. Uh, there, there is something that you do have to be ethical and integral about it. And, and understand that this is a business that you have to have respect and love for that money, but also to, to kind of invest a little bit in yourself. Here's a little bit of a gift for what you did, and I'm going to reward myself 
And now I'm going to go ahead and either tithe that money or put it to support. Because when I get more money, I can support more. I can serve better into my community. I can, you know, maybe buy the water filter for somebody who doesn't have that, um, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, in Flint, Michigan or here or wherever it's needed, not just for myself, but for others. And we allow that flow to come in and, and to have that movement. And, and you, you know, you, you also talked about having that, uh, the ability to really look and see like, hey, I was in corporate America and here I am. Am I listening? Am I listening to what I told myself? You have this experience in sales. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second. I'm not selling my clients because you're always selling yourself. You're always branding yourself, right? Christine, you're, you, you are your brand. If you want to flow, you have to flow on the other side. And we don't have to be depleted. Because if, if we're talking manifesting in abundance and teaching that to our clients, we're not manifesting and being abundant if if we're living in our in our in a in in that that depletion mindset and that yeah, anorexic exactly. mindset how yeah. how how is that now that you've embraced the ability to say hey let's wake up and let's have plenty let's flow let's be free just like you're <laughs> dancing right you know you're, like, yes. you're flowing you're free and now your money's flowing and it's free and you've opened opened up that sacral chakra and you've opened up mm -hmm. that solar plexus to say i'm going to create and so when you went with spirit instead of fighting spirit and saying oh okay i see this it's a little bit of a dance with the energy i move you move with me now you have a dancing yeah. partner what is that how has that changed your life oh it's dramatic it really is i now teach a money course to my clients and uh, i always know when spirit brings something to me because it's often in a form that i would never choose myself and my initial concepts around money came out of my mind body and spirit into an excel spreadsheet and i'm going to tell you that i hardly even know how to use the formulas on an excel spreadsheet and now what that tool is called is my magical money manifestation spreadsheet and that's part of what i give to my clients to help them create the dashboard so they can see the movement of everything and so one of the core teachings that I start with is to help them understand that money does not come from work. And, and so they've built their lives around either a career or a business, and they've put a burden on that work, on that company or on, that, on their business to provide for them. And as they evolve in their spiritual path, my opportunity is help them see that source is their only supply. So if I'm connecting to source, that's an infinite feeding mechanism for me um, as it relates to money. One of the other things that people don't realize is the universe can't count. And so, I mean, think about it. Like it works in energy, doesn't work in numbers. Um, and so the spreadsheet helps us kind of be the translator for the universe to say, all right, I want this vacation home. Here's how much it's gonna cost. Hey universe, here's the energetics behind what that vacation home means to me. And here's the actual number. So 
you know, let's get to it. <laughs> and so, so bringing everything together that I've learned, and listen, I am still learning about this concept as well. I, I tell my clients I might be one big toenail, you know, ahead of you, but it is empowering to understand the concepts and begin to put those at play. And our ego, our psyche, that part of us that is here to take care of our basic needs needs to be shown that everything is okay. And so the visual of this, in my case, the spreadsheet is, is helpful to kind of help that ego stand down. Like we're good, we're taken care of, you know, here's my basic needs number, here's my, you know, more please universe number. And this is kind of how I, I lay out the spreadsheet. So to embrace that knowing that, you know, sources are supply, not work, that helps us reel back the lens to embrace more the idea of ideal life design, of which your work ideal life, your ideal work design is a part, but the ideal life design allows us to bring that free will into play, how we're choosing to show up in the world, and it helps communicate the resources that we need to make that happen. And, and so my clients kind of get they go silent when I say, you do realize you need to earn more than you need. And there's like crickets, 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 crickets. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Yes. And I'm like, you have, like, you're here to do great things and you need resources to do that. Do you think that, you know, Warren Buffett looks at his um, loan spreadsheet as debt in something heavy and negative? No, he sees it as an investment. So, so a lot of it is reframing these, this old, heavy, thick BS around money and really show them that as their belief systems shift with this spiritual awareness and metaphysical awareness that you get to change that BS in, in a way that obviously you believe. And so let's, let's change the parts that aren't working for you, help you understand the full lens of things. And that also is the flow. And so, you know, the universe operates on the delta between where we are now and those additional resources that we need and want. And so if we can communicate the energetics of that delta, then that's what the universe is like, I got it. I'm going out to work on your behalf. Now, you know, I used to say we can't sit on the sofa eating bonbons and expect things to happen for us. But you know what? It can because the universe works in energetics. But the clarity is that work in inspired action, not just kicking up dust because I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent this month. Um, the, to, to really harness those understandings in the belief systems to say that if there's a tension that the universe operates from, from when there's lack. And so if there's a delta that isn't met yet, how can we work with that? How can we reframe our BS around it? And instead of me being on the floor in the fetal position crying, how can I look at that and know that that energy of tension is the energy of creation? And the ideas that I might get from that or the phone call that I'll get the next day for the paid speaking gig or, you know, fill in the blank, that's what's going to generate that opportunity or experience, that compensation, you know, to come in. And that's the hard part. It's because that's, that can be really uncomfortable, that tension. Let me tell you, 
you know, I lived it for several, the first several years of my entrepreneurship. Right. It's embracing it, right? It's in, embracing spirit, embracing, having that faith and trust. And of course, a little bit of pixie dust, right? Allowing that acceptance uh, to uh, those gifts to come into our lives and, and receive as well as really opening the door, but also knowing what you don't need. What don't you need? Cleaning out your closet and letting go. Yes. So less is almost more, right? It's it it's is. addition by subtraction within our life and opening up to that. And thank you for sharing. Uh, you know, it, it's it. I like the spreadsheet because I can see it in front of me. You know, I can see where it goes. I can see it where it needs to be. You know, I, I was raised on, hey, I'll write the check on Tuesday and post date it for Friday's paycheck day, right? We, My mother did that. And, and so hopefully within that amount of time, something got deposited in that bank account. <laughs> and I didn't understand that. There was never that relationship to money and understanding or seeing the cash in front of me or seeing what's in front of me, where is the spending go, how is it going? And you also have this great map to where you wanna to get to. You have, you have a road, you have a map, and you know if that road is under construction, you just go on another path. But listening to that and, and really seeing the way, you know, turn on your headlights, start to drive, it's okay, your vehicle is good, healthy, support yourself. And that way you can support others and others will support you. It all starts to come together. And, yeah, and get directionally correct is what I say. <laughs> awesome. I love that ebb and flow. And I'm going to bring Beverly back in here. So so she's got some more questions to you. We could just talk all day about, you know, how to, how to get out of your own BS. And I love that, you know, get get out of that. Leave that leave that BS behind and and move forward and be free and flow. Thank you so much, Christine. You're welcome. Wow. That's all I can say. Uh, you know, you, you hit on something that was really dear to my heart when you said freedom. Because for me, that word freedom has been with me at my entire life. So all the major shifting that I've ever done was built around that word freedom. My first RV was a brand called Born Free. <laughs> Seriously, it was, it, it, it was a, a RV that was built actually like 10 miles down the road where I grew up in Iowa on a farm, right? And we, we'd have to drive by it every day. And I can remember from five years old saying, someday I'm going to own one of those. And the day I drove that off that lot, I was in tears because it brought all those memories back. But it is about that freedom. You know, if you can't be free within the spirit of who you are and really work with those energies out there, whether you understand them or not, it's, it's just the nature of who the human element is, right? And so where is your freedom and your identity and your free will? And when you can get those in alignment, wow, things really shift. So it, it, this has just been such a wonderful, wonderful conversation here today. One more thing I'd like to have you share with our audience is three tips, three things that they can just walk away today with, incorporate into their life to make that unity, to make that shift, to be just a little bit better them today than they were 
prior to listening to this conversation that you just shared with us today? Sure, absolutely. The first tip is if they're feeling burnout, fatigue, exhaustion, it's likely due not to overwork, but to lack of alignment. And so the invitation is to pause, take a breath, do some introspection about what's working for you right now, what isn't, and uh, start making some decisions about how you might want to shift things so that they do fit, fit you better. Uh, so that's the first tip. The second tip is because I work with soul-powered folks who are wired for service, the element of self can often get lost. Because when I talk about source, self, and service, I have this little meme that I had an animator create as like a Wi-Fi signal. So in your mind's eyes, you can imagine that Wi-Fi signal. It can't go all the way to service if self isn't also lit up, right? So we go from source, you've got to light self up in order to be able to fully serve. And so some people will skip what they need because in the effort of service. And that often comes from a place of lack because they're serving because they want to give something to somebody that they didn't get. And there's an element of lack in that if they haven't yet given that same thing to themselves. <laughs> so don't skip self because that can exude some energy of lack, which heavens knows we don't want out there. And then lastly, I think it's really that concept we talked about earlier that the center of your universe is you and that it's, it's not selfish. We often, uh, people of service will say, but that's selfish to just think of me. I'm like, what is your definition of selfish? Mine is if you're doing something for yourself to the detriment or to the harm of other people. You know, and so they go, oh, gosh, I don't know, you know, that that wasn't my. And so, OK, you get to serve self. So to really understand that, that it is an essential component to everything flowing is to ensure that happens, you know, is to ensure that happens. So those are my three tips. And those are words of wisdom for sure. You know, and, and they're simple. And it's like it's not that we don't know them. She said they weren't in that alignment again. Here's one, here's two, here's three. Wow. So go back and listen to this last three little tips and write them down and start incorporating them into your life because they are game changers and they're very simple. Christine, this has been such a delight having you here today. And who knows, we just may have to have you back. Oh, so anyone that's to come back. Well, there you go. So, you know, just comment below here. Let us know what you loved most about what you heard here today with Christine. And if you want to reach out to her, all of her stats are going to be here connected with the audio and with the video. So she's here waiting for you as well. Nicole, thank you so much for being here with us today. And we are going to say 360 over and out. And we'll see you on the next episode deeper and deeper into my soul, into who I was, to the point where I could really understand who I am as a person. Thank you, Pam, so much. I just uh, am changing as we speak. Condense it into actionable pieces that I could fit the whole thing in my head. Um, this workshop was really helpful. I'm really grateful to Pan for his skill set, his empathy, his experience, and his ability to help us all on our spiritual path.